Blog Talk Radio. This is the national premiere Soccer League show hosted by Daniel Feuerstein, the show dedicated to the NPSL club and the fans. Your host, Daniel Feuerstein. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show for tonight's final NPSL Soccer Show of 2020. It has been a rocky year for American soccer. It has been a rocky year Nonetheless, to finally finish up and hopefully uh, with these vaccines now being uh, sent to every portion, every part of our nation, that hopefully we can move forward and get back to what we all know and love to watch. And that is, of course, the National Premier Soccer League to watch all these clubs, all these sides in every part of our nation fighting for being the top club of this league and, of course, getting back to what we all know and love, seeing these clubs getting an opportunity qualified for the U.S. Open Cup as we're going to get ready for some of that in 2000, excuse me, in 2021. Uh, Shame we couldn't have it this season because of the pandemic. Uh, but in 2021, thankfully, all the teams that qualified for last for this year's edition that did not get off the ground will be playing in next year's edition. And that, my friends, is a positive thing to see, to watch these teams go forward. You know, um, I have to say that when I was asked by communications director Gary Moody of the MPSL, if I would be uh, able and at the same time willing to be a media partner of this league, um, I really didn't have much to think on it. I really didn't have much to, uh, you know, take a couple of days to decide about it. Um, You know, I, I pretty much felt that I wanted to do this because, you know, the regular shows I do, the regular shows that I look at and cover uh, American soccer as a whole, I felt that this was something that was up my alley. Now, I admit I I had to brush up a little bit on some of these teams. I had to make sure I had some knowledge on these teams. The only time I ever talk about these teams, uh, whenever I do get the opportunity, is, of course, uh, during the U.S. Open Cup uh, review shows, of course, um, having some of the some of these teams, of course, like Atlantic City FC, I have had um, Andrew Wildgus, owner of the club, on this show in the past, finally getting him a, a, an opportunity to talk about the Open Cup, of course, during the Round 1 Draw review show. Damon Gochner over in Diablo, uh, Denton Diablos in Denton, Texas. Um, you know, this, this is a situation where I just felt that, uh, like I said, up my alley. Because we're talking about American soccer. We're talking about American soccer that is 
in the need to have discussions, not just in Major League Soccer, but in the lower levels as well. You try to incorporate anyone and everyone to be on the show and to have their voices be heard. Because if you give them the opportunity to speak and to talk about their club and what's been going on, you will have yourself a great show. Now, of course, we had the ENPSL Cup happening this year. And you know what? That was even better than I thought it would be, to be honest with you. Because when you're talking to some of these people who are owners of these clubs and hiring people to, you know, these professional video gamers, that's what they are, professional video gamers to perform and play in this type of setup for a prize, financial prizes, trophy to be won and held at the end of the year. This, my friends, this was absolutely fantastic to be a part of. And to see more teams coming in and to discuss with them why they want to be a part of this league, uh, very simply put, um, I feel this league is growing. This, this league is doing exceptionally well. Uh, there's more teams coming in, more sides are coming in through different regions. Uh, and of course, in different conferences, they're in each region, in the West, in the North, in the South, in the East, in the Midwest. Uh, you cannot argue about how big and how strong the, this league is getting. Um, obviously, obviously it's a semi-pro league, still some under 23 players coming through. But once again, it is the situation where you have to say that these teams are ready to go every single game, every single match on their schedule. And the competition is hard. The competition is fierce. But this is the idea that you want to have. You don't want to just have uh, teams that are just here for the hell of it. They're here to compete. They're here to uh, fight, scratch, claw, every single inch of grass, every single inch of pitch to go out there and do the job that they have to do. And when they do that, these teams will always put on a good show. They always do in the Open Cup, but you got to see them in league play. I mean, the first time I saw an NPSL championship, I was asked to come and cover uh, the NPSL championship match that was held at Drew University in Madison, New Jersey, FC Motown, Morristown, of course, FC Morristown, hosting Miami FC 2 at that time as they were uh, leaving NASL or forced to leave NASL. Um, And that was a hell of a match. That was a hell of a match. That was a uh, 2-1 victory, I believe, probably 3-1 later in the match. But still, though, um, you saw some players that you've seen before on the professional level. Uh, You're seeing some players that uh, are up-and-comers. And And then you see some uh, former players on the coaching staffs uh, on both sides, especially uh, Sachi Hot, who is the head coach of FC Motown, who, of course, was in the New York Red Bulls uh, Academy. And just to have a relationship with him has been very good as well. It's been a lot of fun. It's been awesome. So when you look 
at these clubs, when you look at these sides and you talk to them and you ask them about, you know, what, what, what's the idea here to be in the NPSL? And, and they wax poetically that this is where they want to be. They feel like that this is where they want to be, that this is the leagues that – or the league that they want to be a part of. And, you know, to have all these people coming on, the, coming on this show, the, peep, the owners, the general managers, the head coaches, the players – uh, I mean, you could probably ask one of the uh, grounds crew to come on to talk uh, and wax poetically about, you know, be, you know, coming on the show and, and talking about their clubs. I mean, I'll take that, too. I don't care. And to bring in these new teams that are coming in, having a conversation with them, that's been fantastic as well. I've enjoyed having those conversations with those clubs that have been here forever, who've been here for a couple of years, who are now just getting started into the National Premier Soccer League. Um, you know, I always have fun doing this show, not just the NPSL soccer show, of course, but, you know, just Feuerstein's fire all around, because the idea for me to do a show like this, to dedicate the time to this league, has been absolutely fantastic, and I've enjoyed my time talking about the MPSL, and uh, hopefully there'll be more uh, opportunities to talk about this league and maybe the other leagues as well, not just, of course, uh, Open Cup or other tournaments or other uh, competitions that are in front of them. But, you know, let me just say that I've learned a lot from these people. I've learned a lot from them. Passion for the game is not just in Major League Soccer. Passion for the game is not just in the USL leagues. Passion for this game also comes in the NPSL. Of course, some of the semi-professional teams that are out there uh, performing, but honestly, you, you have to say that the passion for this game is Anywhere and everywhere in this country and for these clubs that are coming in that want to be on a higher level. We all know the highest level is Major League Soccer, but this is a good level as well. This is a fantastic level. All these players, they want to get a start somewhere. You go to an NPSL club to start your career after college. Without a doubt. Um, talking to these people has been a lot of fun. Talking to all these people has been fantastic. Going all the way uh, in Washington State, California, Florida, Texas, New York, Maine, and of course, a club that's coming back that was residing in South Dakota. They're coming back tonight. Officially, they'll be on the show to talk about their return to the NPSL. This has been a fun time for me. I've had a lot of fun. Um, 
You know, the one thing I don't think I was talked about or asked about by Gary Moody, and of course I'm not going to blame him for anything because this is the man who gave me the opportunity to cover cover his league. I think I've made more friends and more acquaintances in this league than I have ever done, you know, in MLS. I mean, I have, uh, you know, great working relationships with people in the media, of course, either through, uh, uh, like, through Fox Sports, ESPN, NBC, um, you know, somewhere down the road, you know, professionals, uh, my, my friends and colleagues, of course, through uh, blogs, writers, uh, websites, you know, like uh, what's been going on, of course, through Fox, Vox Media that I've worked with. Uh, in their SB Nation uh, soccer department. It, it's really been a fun thing to be a part of with, you know, talking with other writers, the feeling and the need of, of being a part of a brother brotherhood group of these sports writers for this sport. But to be a part of the NPSL, I, I feel like I've made friends. I really do. I, I feel like I've made friends, you know, once again, I mean, if they don't mind me saying their names, of course, uh, Sonny D'Alessandro of uh, Tulsa Athletic, Giovanni Talafiera uh, from Central Florida Panthers, uh, Andrew Wilgus, Atlantic City FC, of course, Damon Gochner, Denton Diablos, um, you know, the group in uh, Irving in Irving, Texas, Irving FC, you know, uh, I, I still want a t-shirt from, uh, from Irving, uh, with that rooster next to my uh, show card. I would love to have something like that, but I got to say though, and to be honest, uh, ev- I wish I could have gotten everyone on this show this year. Unfortunately, the pandemic really, uh, threw a monkey wrench into the works, but, for those who have not been on this show yet, uh, you know, look, I can't wait to talk to you guys next season, but I just want to say that this was a lot of fun, and it feels like uh, having, you know, bringing in more friends to do what you love to do, to talk about the game, talk about these clubs, and talk about these new clubs coming in, and everything else that is a part of it. And for those of you that have been on my show, thank you for doing so. And for those of you who have not been on this show yet, don't worry. Uh, I will get you guys on next season, and we'll see what happens during Open Cup in 2021. So let's get this show rolling right now. Joining me first, and this is one of the new expansion sides coming into the NPSL, uh, the club is Appalachian FC, and the gentleman joining me today is Jason O'Keefe who is a part of that side. Jason, good evening, and how are you, sir? I'm great. Thank you for having me on. Can you hear me? I hear you loud and clear, and you're coming in fine. Um, So Appalachian FC, one of the new expansion sides coming into the league for 2021. Um, Where did you find your love of uh, this game, and uh, where will your club be located? Oh my gosh! I don't know if we—I don't want to bore your your listeners, but I've been playing the game since I was six. Uh, grew up outside Northern Virginia, going to diplomats games, watching Cruyff and Pele, and Giorgio Canale come into DC. So you know, 
that's kind of where it's been. And then, you know, been a college coach for 20 years. Um, the the program I was at, uh, they made a decision to cut the program in, in the May. And, you know, we're talking with a couple of colleagues of mine, and one of them just happened to be Michael Hitchcock, who has done everything in the game in this country from ticket sales to D.C. in 96 to, you know, VP and assistant GM and help bring Beckham over to, to build an FC Dallas. He owns three teams in the league right now, three teams abroad. Um, he approached me actually when I came to Boone. So Boone, North Carolina is in the western part of the state up in the mountains. The high country, we call it, uh, is where the team will be located. But he kind of called me one day and said, look, this is what we need to do. There's a void in the community. Here's my pandemic business model. And uh, this is where you fit in. This is what we need you to do. And away we went. What is it about Michael Hitchcock? He finds a way to find you guys to get into this league and everything. If it's not him, I mean, I mean I'm being serious here. Listen, if it's not Denton, yeah, yeah. and if it's not these other clubs, you know, it's you guys. I mean, come on, what is this? He's a he's a footballing genius. You know, he's a he's an entrepreneur that loves to grow the game of football in this country. So that's his mission. That's his passion. And. You know, I've known him for a while. He played at VCU with a couple of my high school teammates. Um, so we've known each other for a while. And I was recruiting his son a little bit. He came up this past fall of 2019 and saw a game and met a couple of the business owners in town and, you know, kind of the way, the way it went. He's he's the one with the, the plan, you know. He's the man. He's managing everything. And, you know, anything that has to do with management he's doing, most of the soccer decisions so far has been me and then, you know, we've got a tremendous local ownership group that is dynamic and strong, and they've been chipping in, and, and everybody's just been buzzing about it. So basically you've got the red phone with his face on it, and you just call him whenever you need a problem, right? Try to fix one? <laughs> I don't know about that. He's calling me with, with the problems that we solved because I'm in market. <laughs> I can't deny Michael's had a good hand in everything going on in this league and uh, everything else in American soccer. Um, where will this club be located? Um, Appalachian FC, is that the uh, the area of uh, wherever this club is located? Is this like the Appalachian Mountain area? It is. It's in the southern part of Appalachian Mountains. Uh, it's in Boone, North Carolina, where Appalachian State University is. Um the high country, so you got Blowing Rock, Banner Elk, Hickory, um, Wilkesboro, all around. It's about an hour and 15 from Winston-Salem, hour and a half from Greensboro, uh, two hours from Charlotte, so Charlotte FC kicking off. A lot of exciting things happening in the western part of the state uh, as far as soccer growth. Yeah, I know. Um, I mean, obviously, when you talk about Greensboro, um, not far away, originally the Carolina Dynamo, that's been a staple. I know they're, uh, it's uh, been rebranded into the Fusion, but still, though, uh, that Carolina Dynamo team uh, out just outside of Greensboro has been such a famed club, always qualified for the Open Cup, always took the charge went forward. It's been a club, uh, you know, that many people would love to emulate in the North Carolina area, especially where you're saying, uh, by your neck of the woods. Yeah. I actually was fortunate enough to work with the Dynamo for about a year. It's like one of their 50 peons down at the bottom when I 
first got into college coaching with Joe Brown and Scott Zapko and, you know, know the history because I went to school in Greensboro. So a bunch of the guys from Greensboro College and uh, UNCG and Wilmington and Charlotte all played for the Dynamo back in their heyday when they were making the run to the titles and, like you said, playing in the Open Cup. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's part of the idea is to create a, a club with a, a long, long-standing vision. You know, we're going to crawl at first um, to get this thing up and running and sustainable. And, you know, you know that's all we're trying to be right now is a, is a very professionally run club that is here for the long run, you know. That's the key, you know, the, the durability and the sustainability. Um, you know, modeling, you know, Chattanooga and Detroit are some clubs that started out at this level and obviously have flourished into what they are doing and everybody's kind of modeling their, their, their future. Um, we're, we're trying to model the professionalism that they they've shown, but not necessarily, there's no vision to be something bigger than just a great MPSL team here in Boone, North Carolina. That's going to be great for the community and great for the, the fans. Now, I wanted to ask you a question uh, about the club and, and how you're going to play. What type of formation will you be performing out there? What's the style that you're going to be doing? Will you be pressing? Will you be forming like a diamond in the midfield? What are the beliefs and the tactics of Appalachian FC that you believe will be successful to your club for next year? Well, I mean, we're going to take on our mantra, the Sasquatch, and just be a physical presence and dominate, you know. Um, I don't know. Most of that will leave up to the, the technical staff. Uh, that should be announced in January. Um, you know, and it will be really up to them to kind of implement a style of play, formation, based on the personnel that we get. You know, we've had a lot of interest through a lot of the connections we have in college soccer in the state. Um, you know, there's – 30-some teams, Division One, Two, II, and Three. a lot of local talent within the state that we're going to tap into. And, you know, so it'll be up to that, that technical staff once we build the team out to create that style. And, you know, but we want to have something that's entertaining and something that the, the fans can get behind. They've obviously, um, you know, been, been exposed to what we've been building at App State before May. Uh, and they were excited about that. So, you know, it'll be something similar, a team that is fun to watch, proactive, aggressive, disciplined at the same time, but then also out in the community, you know, and building relationships and, and trying to, you know, be good role models for the youth and, you know, just get people excited to come out. So you're going to play like the uh, Sasquatches, huh? So what does that mean? Trudging around, throwing your arms all over the place and just knocking people out? Is that it? I mean, you know, physical, physically dominating style. That's what the Sasquatch will bring, you know? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Just make sure you don't hide in the bushes, all right? Just get out there and be on the pitch. That's all I ask. Yeah, but anyway. No, nobody will be hiding. Won't be hiding. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. Um, but I got to say that, uh, you know, this is going to be a fun time. So do you know which conference and which region you'll be performing in? No, nothing official. I saw something Eastern Conference, but uh, out on some publication. But we haven't got final word from MPSL yet. I think they're still, you know, diving through the expansion teams that came in, which is another great thing about the league. It's continuing to grow and flourish and, 
and obviously we're part of that, so we're excited. Um, but no, I mean, wherever they tell us, you know, we'll play. And, you know, I think we've already had a bunch of interest uh, to build in some, some local, you know, kind of derbies and friendlies and different things with, you know, Tri-City Otters, the USL, um, Asheville City. Um, a buddy of mine is, is part of a group out of Atlanta that's going to be starting. They're not going to actually kick off until 22 now, but, you know, we'll get some friendlies with them. So we'll, we'll diversify a little bit, you know, but obviously we'll play in the footprint the MPSL puts us in, which I think will be a great league and division for us to, to build in some natural rivalries. And, you know, hopefully there's some other teams growing in North Carolina over the next year where we can establish some, some interstate battles, you know. No, that's the whole thing. You know, in that area, I mean, we all know a lot of uh, programs, whether it's collegiate or amateur leagues, even, you know, MPSL as well. Has there been a lot of growth with North Carolina soccer going on right now? I mean, we all know what's going on in Charlotte. We know about Cary. We, I mean, we talk, we talk about some of these other um, – other towns that are in different states in your mind how much growth has there been for this game in the state of North Carolina which we all know it's a basketball state we know about North Carolina North Carolina State we all know about those big school programs but in your mind how much of the growth have you seen of this with the game here with there yeah, I think it's it's grown massively all over the country, but North Carolina for sure. I mean, youth clubs developing. Now we're going to have MLS. I mean, the the state has always been, in in my mind, you know, a top country as far as developing youth of producing high level players. So you know, having Charlotte come in, obviously the what the um, NCFC, formerly the Railhawks. Carolina Dynamo, like you mentioned, Charlotte Eagles, you know, Independence now. I mean, it, North Carolina is a blue blood state for soccer as well as that other sport you mentioned. <laughs> Listen, I got to tell the truth. I have to tell the truth. This is my job hey, as look, a show look. host. I have to look, I, I got to be truthful. <laughs> But uh, it should be exciting. It, it 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 should be a lot of fun to be in this league. And of course, you'll make friends, rivals, enemies. There'll be a lot of uh, a lot of unnecessary tackles here and there. But we're not counting. We're going to have a lot of fun. It's okay. It's all going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so obviously I like to ask this question to these new sides coming into the league. We all know that the uh, competition is strong when it comes to being in this league, being in their playoffs. Of course, if it ever gets a miracle for 2022, do you see yourself in the U S open cup as quickly as possible? Yeah, I think that's, you know, whether you're in England, the FA cup or in the U S with the, U.S. Open Cup, you know, you want to be in those games, you want to be, you know, trying to compete at the highest level, and, and certainly that's something we would want to do as well. It really is. It really, really is. I think I would say uh, North Carolina FC slash Carolina Railhawks, 
I think they are the one of the USL sides that have been somewhat successful advancing to the next round. I know they've had a lot of fights. <laughs> Excuse me. <coughs> I'm sorry about that. Um, they've had moments where they've gone deep into the tournament. They've had, you know, uh, some pretty good battles uh, going through the lower uh, rounds going into at least round five. But uh, do you see that for yourself? Absolutely, to get deep into those tournaments like the Open Cup. I mean, that's what everybody's hoping for. I mean, I'm I'm been coaching a long time. I'm not going to make any predictions like that. <laughs> you know, I think that's what we all want, and that's what we'll be working hard every day to to put on a team that you know feel the team that's going to be competitive and successful and can you know compete in those top game those top games and advance in a tournament like that with so much on the line and so much enthusiasm. Um, but I don't want to go on record to, to say, yeah, we're going to be in the fifth round of the Open Cup next year or the year after. Um, <laughs> no, I understand. I understand. I just want – I mean, I want you to dream about it. I don't want you to predict anything. Sure. I want you to dream. Have the have the yeah. dream of it to advance deep into and maybe be a Cinderella side. You know, we haven't had one – uh, in a very long time since I would say uh, FC Cincinnati when they were in USL, F- Miami FC, of course, and then there was the old Christos FC run that we all saw. But I have to say, though, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I have to say, Jason, well, look, uh, it's we, been a lot of fun talking with you. Hmm? Our motto is we believe, you know. We believe in the big foot. We believe yep. in uh, advancing to – Deep in the Open Cup playoffs, so believe me, we 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 are dreaming, and we're it's been fun a fun four weeks where we've uh, seen our dreams come true, and now it's time to to set a new dream, you know. Absolutely, Jason. I want to say thank you very much for coming on tonight. Good luck next year in the NPSL, and hope to have you on again soon, sometime soon in 2021. I hope you and your family are safe. I hope you got vaccinated. And uh, have a good night. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. And, yeah, we'd love to be back on uh, before the start of the season in May. All right. Have a good night. Take care. And I'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. Thank you. And that, my friends, is uh, Jason O'Keefe of Appalachian FC moving forward uh, that coming one of the new two new sides coming into the MPSL for 2021. <clears throat> Joining me now, uh, gentlemen over I would believe in the Midwest uh, from the St. Louis area, and we'll find out of course uh, when we speak to him right now. Ted Croton of Joy St. Louis Park uh, joins me tonight to talk about his side coming in as an expansion side to the NPSL. Ted, good evening, and how are you, sir? Good evening. I'm doing very well. Thanks. Very well. Very glad to hear that. So you are, you are located uh, in the St. Louis area? No, I'm, uh, we are located in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area. And St. Louis oh, Park okay. is a, an inverb suburb, a proud inverb suburb of Minneapolis. Okay, great. Well, let me say this. Minneapolis, absolutely. The, the Twin Cities, the growth of the players and the clubs that are in the professional levels has been outstanding. I mean, obviously, Minnesota United FC, that started when the, the, national, uh, the uh, uh, North American Soccer League was back, 
for a certain period of time, how many name changes they've been through. But still, though, uh, we all know Minnesota, the state of Minnesota has developed many, many big-time players to play not only professionally in the state, in the country, but you know, outside of the nation uh, in different leagues. Especially, we all know the recent Minnesota native, Caden Clark of the New York Red Bulls. Uh, he's been off to a roaring start to the back end of this past regular season. Yeah, I mean, we have a, a huge history. Um, I was one of the original members of the Minnesota Thunder, which became the Minnesota Stars, which became <clears throat> Minnesota United, which which became the, um, you know, it, it, of course it wasn't because of me, but my general manager also played for the uh, the Stars, and we were founded by three players who were on that original Thunder team. <clears throat> In addition, I think, the Minnesota, um, the great generation of Minnesota players um, before this, Tony Senna, uh, Manny Lagos, Pekka Sorek, um, that we all played together, Keith Peterson, we all played together, and uh, we won the 1990 Donaldson Cup, which was, you know, sort of like the state selecting championship in the United States. So that that group was special, and I think that group uh, really inspired us to to do what we're doing. What was it like those days with the Thunder? I mean, you know, they're historically known well in the circles of American soccer. I mean, obviously I know uh, several Minnesota soccer reporters covering these clubs. Obviously Brian Korstad is one of them. Um, And, you know, Jeff Reuter, of course, from the athletic uh, talks about them and uh, just all this, wonderful moments to seeing the Thunder being one of those clubs that have when you say their name you know you're in for a fight. Right, I think I think uh, Buzz had a great vision and um, his vision was and you have to remember this is before the MLS this before, none of us I mean I was even older at the time none of us thought that there could be a living or even a pastime playing soccer uh, past college Um but Buzz had a vision, and, and uh, at the same time, they were putting the National Sports Center together, and that was uh, visionary as well, where they were putting in, you know, 60 fields. Who who could have saw that? Well, the Thunder played there, and fans came out, and it just kept building. And what was interesting, I think, is um, that whole generation was uh, very tight, and we would always get together and play, um, the St. Paul guys and the uh, sort of the West Side guys. And when we got together, we knew we had something special. But it was really a, the halcyon days of nobody got paid until, uh, you know, for a few years. And I don't think I never got a dollar. I lost money playing soccer. Yeah, I could understand that, obviously. You know, you want to, you know, play for the sport that you love and be a part of it, especially in the financial ends. And But thankfully now things are getting better and, uh, we don't have to worry too much about that, but you never know in the past, uh, what could happen down the road. Um, what is it about this club, Joy St. Louis Athletic, that uh, uh, you you got started and now you moved it into the uh, NPSL to begin play in 2021? So our story is we um, I was running a big uh, competitive club and I saw that the kids weren't good enough that they not they weren't good enough that they they could use. After my trips to Brazil and studies at academies around the world, I could see that the kids weren't getting enough play, that there was too much structure and competition. 
So we started a nonprofit called Joy of the People, named after Garincha. Uh, Alegria de Pomo, mm-hmm. he was called um, Joy of the People. So the idea is we, we focus a lot on free play, like uh, unstructured, monitored, safe uh, time for kids just to play. We provide diff- we're smart about it. We play futsal. We play outdoor futsal. We play outdoors on turf. We, we build fields. We make it really fun. We have music. And uh, we just try to think of what would be fun and uh, how can we get more kids playing. So the kids play together and play together. We've been doing this now for 11 years, and now we've produced some, you know, really interesting players that uh, are, you know, in, our oldest players are probably 20, and they're doing very well. And so, and we have a great group of younger kids. We thought the time was right. It will give them, the younger kids, something to look forward to. The older kids will be able to showcase their talent. We don't think they're going to play for as long because we think that they have bigger things ahead of them. But um, we want to focus on homegrown, and uh, we want Mm -hmm. to kind of prove this model. That's fantastic to hear. And uh, how many kids have you seen uh, from your program uh, get transferred either to a bigger club within the state or maybe having an opportunity to join uh, like Minnesota United uh, in their academy if possible, or, you know, what did you do or how are you able to do it? We, um, I mean, when Minnesota United was, was, was formed, they, um, I think we had like 27 kids trout as many as any other club. And we had a, a bunch of kids make it. I think, in our uh, philosophy methodology, we don't necessarily think that that's the best thing for just just watching kids play over 11 years. Uh, we've learned an awful lot about what's missing or what's overdone, overcooked in, in United States soccer, and one of the things is overstructure. So if you take – we had a couple of – I mean, we had a, a couple – a lot of kids who, who, who made those initial Thunder Academy teams – and when they came back to join the people to play again, we, you, you, I think they could feel that they were behind, and we could see that that the kids who were just playing for fun were actually advancing further than the sort of academy kids. In our methodology, we believe that it's best for kids just to play together without separation, without selection. So sometimes it's harmful for you 13 to be told he's elite, and we definitely saw that. So for them to play together as long as possible. Once they become a young man and decide to go further, then it's time, I think, for them to, okay, let's go see if we can make uh, some big academy or even go pro. We have one 16-year-old that I think, you know, <clears throat> I think he um, he has he was our first signing for Joy Athletic, and we have really high hopes for him. But there's a lot of kids like that. And do you believe, I guess, what you're saying is simpler is better? Yeah, I think you – okay, you said it very very well. If you watch play, you will see that the um, – a lot of things that we believe to be true may not be. For instance, you hear perfect practice makes perfect. In play, you get unperfect practice all the time, Qual- uh, quality over quantity. In play, you see way, way, way more quantity than you see quality. But it's almost like kids use play like mini plane crashes to learn from each other. 
and it's almost as many mistakes as possible, as quickly as possible, and copy the good stuff. And what they learn is they want to keep in the game. They want to stay in the game. They want to keep the game going. So they constantly make the game easier, simpler, less running, more smarts, uh, quick ball movements. These are things that, you know, that interest them, I guess you could say. And by interesting them, they, they also interest people who are watching. They create a really interesting environment. That's fantastic, actually. I mean, I mean I'll be honest with you. Um, you know, when you talk to people who have been, you know, coaching, you know, you get their opinions. I mean, obviously every coach has their own uh, style, has their own opinions about what should happen in the game. But to hear from you to talk about, you know, how you prepare your players and your kids and your academy to, you know, have a better, simpler structure out there. It sounds a lot better, and maybe uh, one day, uh, who knows, higher et- higher echelon, maybe U.S. Na- maybe U.S. soccer, if you're going to be a part of that. Because to me, it sounds like that we might be missing a key or two if everyone would go by what your side's been doing for all these years. If you look at U.S. soccer and their A and B license, they um, have made a big shift towards this idea of play, but they're not nowhere near where we are. Um, and I'm not taking anything away from them, but it's hard to turn a big Titanic around. The uh, We're small and able to move quickly, and we saw what works, and, and we're moving in that direction. But, yeah, you're right. We do believe that we are onto something, that when you look at uh, high performers in soccer, what you'll see is that um, they spent um, they didn't spend their time in the academy. They spent their time in the street with friends, playing a lot, uh, and they worked at it and got sort of technified later. And Michael Jordan's great quote is, uh, you know, I didn't have my first coach till 16. I believe in play early, learn late. And I think that's sort of a, a – I think the world's great, you know, greatest basketball player said it very well. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Uh, do you know which conference and which region you'll be a part of? I'm assuming you'll be in the same one with Minneapolis City. Yeah, so we have Minneapolis City, Med City, Arias. Uh, we have Twin Stars. We have Duluth and a couple, uh, like a Fargo team. I forget their name. And then a South Dakota team. So, you know, my apologies, I don't know all the teams, but I think it's the North Division. And it seems to be, mm-hmm. especially with Duluth and Minneapolis City, uh, a really vibrant, um, activated uh, conference. That's fantastic. And, of course, you like – we all love a little competition, obviously. We all want to see all the clubs flourish and, you know, do well, show how competitive the, this league really is. And uh, I cannot wait to see your side getting out there and uh, performing, and uh, hopefully uh, we will see it uh, next year. Of course, we all know what happened this year, and uh, hopefully uh, all your players, all your academy players have been uh, COVID-free, especially yourself. We don't want to see anyone get um, – <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, to go and get um, uh, contracting this uh, terrible thing. But thankfully, we got those uh, vaccines coming in. What type of style and formation do you like to play uh, when you start going in the North Conference against Duluth and Med City and Minneapolis City? 
So um, in taking my uh, beef foot license, Brazilian license, um, I'm a big fan of foot communication and Tele Santana's 1982 and 86 Brazilian teams uh, was taught this, um, I guess you call it methodology, by uh, Fidel Gonçalves, my mentor from Brazil. And, you know, uh, I'm not going to be the head coach, but um, I've told the coach that um, I'd like to see it done, and I'm, I'm going to teach him how to implement it, and we'll see how it goes. But it's a really interesting ball on the ground, always switch, diagonal passes, uh, move the ball up the field as quickly and as easily as possible, involve everybody. It's a really fun <clears throat> Keep the ball closed. Don't get it too far away. So if you lose it, you can have a lot of people around it to get the ball back. We're not going to be the biggest team or oldest team. So we we have to be, um, you know, really use this sort of easy as possible methodology to make things. And a lot a lot of that is is um, the way we see soccer as sort of a language. And languages, the point is not to develop how good you are, but basically to uh, control the opponents. Uh, Guardiola said the the object of passing is not to move the the uh, the ball, but to move the opponent. And yes, we believe that when we have the ball, the object of the dribble is to move the opponent. The object of the whole team is to is to move the opponents out of the way. If you can basically convince them to get out of the way, so that you can just go right up the middle and score. So um, that's kind of our our uh, methodology. And the last question for me, for you is this, uh, Ted, uh, of course, we're not going to worry about it uh, in 2021, but uh, what's it like for you the one day you will qualify for the open cup and, uh, you know, the big tournament for all these NPS cell sites. Uh, what's that going to be like for you when you finally get into it? I don't. I remember the internationals when my club team uh, we we took a run into that uh, in the nineties. Uh, it was really fun. Um, I don't know that much about it. Uh, I know that sort of the, uh, the where we have to get to as a club in both playing style and logistics and managerial and operations is is a long way from that. But um, I mean. What everybody likes about the U.S. Open Cup is sort of this open competition, which you know, which sort of represents that the little guy can one day uh, make his way and take down Goliath. Well, you know, we're, we live that every day, so uh, that will be our ultimate goal, I suppose, once we get rolling. Absolutely, and I cannot wait to see your team get rolling into that when that magical day happens that you do qualify for the U.S. Open Cup. Ted Croton, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Uh, have a good evening. Please stay uh, safe, stay vigilant through this whole pandemic, and I hope to hear from you again soon in 2021. Have a good night, sir. Thanks a lot. Bye. Thank you. That's Ted Croton of Joy St. Louis Park, Joy Athletic in the Minneapolis area of Minnesota. So two down, two to go. We're just waiting on uh, my next guest, who's not here just yet, and that's Mr. Frank Spaeth of Med City FC. So we're just waiting for him uh, to call in, and uh, hopefully we will get him on the air and we can move forward and uh, we can uh, talk to him about his club, Med City FC. Of course, uh, has been a part 
uh, of this North Conference, uh, along with Dakota Fusion, uh, Duluth FC, LC Aris, Minneapolis City SC, and of course, uh, coming back to this club, coming back to this league, I should say, in this North Conference, Sioux Falls Thunder FC. So hopefully we can get uh, Med City to come on and uh, talk about their club. Uh, of course, like I said, they're not an expansion side. They're they've been in the league for a while. So, and I've always wondered why they're called Med City. I don't know where they are. Um, I always thought it's something to do with medical stuff or the Mediterranean, but that's just me. Of course, we all know they're not from the Mediterranean, but uh, we'd like to see and what's going to happen. So, um, you know, once again, if I can just say this, you know, the, the uh, open—I shouldn't say the Open Cup, but uh, being. Uh, associated with the NPSL has been a lot of fun. It's been a wonderful year. Like I said, unfortunately, <clears throat> some abbreviation um, during this whole year due to the pandemic. But I have to say that uh, it's been real tough to, um, it's been really, really tough not to have a, a full slate of uh, shows to talk about some of these clubs, of course, and to, uh, uh, go forward, but hopefully next season we will have that and we'll plot that and plan that with, you know, the NPSL hierarchy and of course having the chairman on uh, once or twice uh, to have the access to have him on was absolutely fantastic to talk about the league and where it's going, where it's moving to, and how it's going to, you know, keep on rising. Um, I know they want to be in a professional level, which I, I don't mind, of course. I'd love to see that happen. But, you know, once again, we just have to wait and see what the situation uh, moving forward will be for this league. And uh, like I said, I feel it's a, a rising league. It's a solid league. And, uh, you know, once again, we just got to make sure that uh, everything goes to plan. And whatever that plan is, of course, uh, being a media partner, we will be a part of this uh, going forward. And uh, it's just a situation where, once again, uh, he's got – all I can say is got to be ready for it, got to go, and uh, we'll have some fun. We'll have some fun here, and everything will be just fine, just fine. So we'll have to wait and see. Um how it all plays out for the NPSL, and we will go and uh, find a way to get things going here. So it should be exciting. It should be a lot of fun. And uh, we'll definitely, we'll definitely see what's going to happen, and hopefully the uh, NPSL is going to be a fun time, and everything's going to be A-OK. So, We'll just wait and see and discuss what's going to happen. But, uh, you know, once again, it's a situation where we just got to go out and we got to have some fun and we're going to take care of this as soon as possible. Of course, the Open Cup is going to be pretty good. The Open Cup is going to be a lot of fun. And all we need to do is just relax, take it easy. And we're going to have some fun. So we're just waiting for uh, Mr. Spaeth to come on from Med City FC to be a part of the show so we can discuss, 
his club and, and what else is going on with it. So, um, so we're just going to wait patiently. And then, of course, uh, if he does not come on, then we have our final guest on for, t- for tonight. And we'll see what happens going forward. But still, though, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be exciting. And uh, I cannot wait to see what's going to happen in 2021. So uh, we're going to have a lot of fun, a lot of discussion, of course. And we'll see what the situation will be. So we're just going to see what's going to happen, move forward. We'll see what happens moving forward, and uh, we'll have a lot of fun here. Now, like as I said before, you know, talking to some of these owners um, who run these clubs, you know, it's been a lot of fun having conversations. Now, as most of you know, as most of you know, um, I had on Damon Gochner to talk about his team store that he opened in downtown Denton. Now, obviously, they have an online store through the website, but, you know, I had Gochner on uh, to talk about his, uh, his store, and, you know, it was a lot of fun because, you know, you want to give these people an opportunity to talk about, and once again, I always try to talk about the business side of the game that we have to pay attention to because if we don't have the business side, um, then, you know, what much more is there to do? So, uh, got to talk about anything and everything that goes on in the NPSL. It's not just what's on the field, what's off the field, and how these owners live. And some of these, and even some of these players are a part of it too. So, it's one of those things where you know you have to make sure that uh, things are going smoothly. Of course, we are waiting for Mr. Frank Spath of Med City FC. So, um, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, if he does come on, if not, then uh, we'll have to, uh, of course, move on with Adam. And we just have to uh, just go on along with the show. That's all you can do, really, and we'll have to wait and see uh, when that's going to happen. So, um, you know, once again, it's a situation where some things are not in my control, but that's okay. Uh, Frank Spath, of course, from Med City. We're waiting for him to come on to join us on the show, and we'll have a lot of fun with him. We'll have a lot of fun. We'll talk about some wonderful things, and we'll have to uh, wait and see what's going to happen moving forward. So we'll just have to wait and see uh, when that happens. But other than that, um, as I've said, my first ever NPSL game was – the championship game between Miami FC2 and uh, FC Motown. That was a lot of fun being on the field to watch all the action in front of me. And uh, it's just been uh, pretty cool. Pretty, pretty cool to uh, watch that match on the pitch itself over at Drew University. And it's been a lot of fun. And let's see here, uh, moving forward, let's see if we can get the gentleman on real quick. Uh, We have a 507 area code. Is this Frank Spaeth? Yes, it is. Frank, how are you? Good evening. I'm doing great. How are you doing? 
Doing very well, very well. So um, we've got a limited time here in this segment, but here's what I want to do. If I can call you back in 15 minutes, would that be okay? Because we've got to get – Yeah, uh, that'd be great. Susie, wonderful, wonderful. So just give me just a moment before uh, – and I will call you back, I promise. Let me just go great. and get this real quickly. And bang, and there you go. So I'll call you back in 15 minutes. And I'll definitely love to talk about your club, okay? That sounds awesome. I look forward to it. Wonderful. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much. All right. Yeah, thanks. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, so we're going to get Frank later on uh, on the show. We've got plenty of time. So we're going to do this right now. We're going to bring in my next guest. uh, And this gentleman has purchased a – the former club now back in the MPSL, which is uh, Sioux Falls Thunder FC. And this should be Ryan Bear joining me. Ryan, how are you? Doing well, doing well. So, Ryan, obviously um, you uh, purchased this club from the original ownership uh, to bring it back to the NPSL. How has it been so far uh, for Sioux Falls uh, to have this club back in the league and at the same time, uh, how good does it feel to own a club? Well, and actually to uh, to uh, <laughs> clear that up, I'm going to be the head coach. Uh, our owner ah. is, is Dan Haggerty. So Dan Haggerty bought the team, um, and I'm the head coach. <laughs> okay, great, good. I'm glad we got that straightened out. <laughs> yeah, no, that's so, fine. You've got it, the... <laughs> yeah. It's been a little bit of a whirlwind so the past the, couple of weeks, wait, waiting for the transfers and all that kind of stuff. So, yep. I bet. Yeah, I bet it is. Um, I was going to say, so So, forgive me if I assumed you're the owner. I thought you had the billion-dollar paycheck. You know, that that's just silly yeah. me. I'm sorry. No, that, that's fine. That's fine. That, you know, someday maybe, but not right now. So, yep, I, I, get, to, <laughs> I, get, to, I get to direct on the field, I guess. There you go. So, um, waiting for the transfer of ownership for, <clears throat> excuse me, Sioux, Fall, Sioux Falls. Uh, for those of us that have never experienced anything like this, now you have. I, I mean, how yep. painful is it to wait for you know the official papers to come in uh, and to actually, and also get the official announcement that you know transfer of ownership finally came through, so that your side can remain in or at least move into the NPSL back again. Yeah, you know, I I think it was, it, you know, it's been kind of in discussion even throughout last year and with uh, with everything being, uh, you know, shut down last year, it probably, um, you know, potentially even helped with the with the, with the change in ownership and some of those things that happened. I've actually been with the team um, for a handful of years, kind of as a a volunteer assistant and, and helping out the previous owner who was a player coach. Um, and, and just in our area, kind of how, how the teams were built and, and, and the local talent that they were trying to bring in. So I was kind of the, a transition, uh, assisting in the transition process and, and talking with, with, um, the new owner and, and kind of getting some of those things going. And then, he offered me the the head coaching job, and I, I you know since I had the experience with the uh, with kind of the the previous owners and and some of the previous time and and you know and waiting on that paperwork it, you know even the the league and and you know in the North Conference all, all those North Conference teams have been um, 
really good about communicating and and in with us and I've known a, you know a few of the you know the teams and with with the previous experience and and I think the biggest thing was just waiting for um in our area the you know the papers to be signed so that we could make some things more public that we're going to have our um you know, our open camps and our tryouts and some of those things. And, and, you know, now we can, you know, we're talking to our, our area colleges and, and the coaches that we know and, and finding those players and starting to develop that, the, the new pool of players of the, of the type of players that we're looking for. That's fantastic to hear. So for some of us that are not familiar with the Dakotas, obviously I am not familiar with the, with the Dakotas. Uh, sure. Sioux Falls is in South Dakota that I know. Uh, what is it yep. about this town or uh, city of Sioux Falls in the area? You know, they love their soccer. I know they're big on college hockey, obviously. Um, but, you know, what is it about this this wonderful game that Sioux Falls loves loves this game and, and wants to see their side mm-hmm. really uh, be successful? Yeah, you know, and, and, and our, our biggest, uh, you know, asset to Sioux Falls is that we're – uh, you know we're we're the largest city in South Dakota. We're in the we're in the southeast corner. Um, you know Minneapolis is four hours away. We have you know we're three hours from Omaha. Um, you know five hours from Kansas City. Um, our our largest club in our area, which is the Dakota Alliance Soccer Club, we are actually an affiliate of the uh, uh, Minnesota, um, the Thunder, and 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 Minnesota up there. So we we have connections, and a lot of our guys. Um, are 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 starting to find, and actually a lot of our girls. We have, we have a ton of uh, boys and girls that are that are reaching out and going to a ton of the the area colleges and and uh, within NAIA Division two, Division three schools all around, and they kind of all come back to our area in the summertime. So it, it's it's that's where it's really kicking off now, where we want to build that NPSL base of of college players that that can um you know have a place to play in the summers uh, away from their schools but kind of giving them that hometown feel a little bit no absolutely and uh obviously developing players is a big thing for some of these clubs i know you're like you said you're an affiliate uh to some other club in the area of course in uh, minnesota like you said uh what player that maybe I don't know about who's from uh, Sioux Falls has made it to a, what, what level has he, he made it? Uh, even, even the yep. girls uh, that they've sure. gone uh, from your yep. side to maybe a big college or a big league level. Yep. So we, we, so on the girls side, we, we actually have a couple girls um, down at like the university of Nebraska, uh, Iowa state, some of those things on the boys side, we have, um, you know, a lot of the, the bigger D3 schools and different things in the area. Um, you know, one of our, uh, a guy I actually played with kind of growing up uh, was actually Chris Hauser who actually played down in Tampa Bay Mutiny when the MLS first started. Um, he now lives in Arizona, uh, but he has some connections in, with some of the people around here. And we, we're just, you know, we have a lot of, a lot of branches out. Um, one of our, one of our local, uh, families, they're actually uh, related to the the owners of of KC um, d- down there. So it's just kind of the we, we have a lot of, of we we've grown a lot. We've had some growing pains, but we've also grown a lot. And now some of those um, 
those branches or those those arms that are reaching out are coming back. And and like I said, um, and I, I miss I miss I miss Minnesota Thunder. We actually are uh, um, with uh, with the um, with the with the loons, the Minnesota, um, the MLS team United. up there. So we we have a lot of connections. And then you know with that north with that north conference of the NP, uh, NPSL you know, having the, the Fargo and the, and the, you know, the Rochester and the Minneapolis area teams and the Aris and all those, it's, it's kind of all similar size and we're all kind of in that same uh, growth area of, of kids that we're, that we're using and, and players that we're using. No, absolutely. I can understand that. You got to use anywhere and everywhere you can to find players. And of course, uh, make a nice little move there for sending some of those uh, kids to some of these bigger clubs, obviously. And I understand that completely. Yeah. Um, yeah. How difficult, if I can ask you this question, how difficult is your conference? I mean, we know about some of the clubs you've mentioned, obviously Minneapolis, uh, you're getting a brand new side uh, coming over and joy athletic. Um, how difficult has this conference been for you? Yeah, and in kind of the the biggest um, the biggest aspect, you know, when we, when I was kind of a volunteer assistant, that we we didn't necessarily have a core group of 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 the same players that you could really build and develop. It kind of just it reset itself every couple of years, and right now we're trying to to really focus on our our local college area, you know, the seven or eight local colleges, and bringing handfuls of those kids. I, I think the conference has a lot of parity, but I also think it's very tough. You know, you talk about you're, you're going to um, – I think you're going to talk to Med City out of Rochester and, and mm-hmm. um, you know, we have the Duluth Club and some of those that have been around a little bit longer, the, the Fargo FC, and, and they just kind of – they have their, their base of players that, that we're looking to build in, in essentially being an expansion – new you know new slash you know been around a year or two it's it's kind of a reset of of what what is out there and and i and i definitely think there's you know there's potential for some of our clubs to really um move forward with with you know the levels of of where they're at so let me ask you this and i've been kind of poking and prodding this question i know if you feel uncomfortable i understand you don't (laughs) want to give it away but what type of style and formation do you like to play uh, for Sioux City Fall, uh, Sioux uh, Falls Thunder, I should say? Yeah, uh, you know, I, my, you know, some of the coaches that I've really, you know, learned from and developed with um, were, were all possession-based coaches. And I really like that style, you know, except I think a lot of times if, if you over-possess the ball, you don't go anywhere. And I think having that, possession early possession in in midfield you know i i really like to use some wits um looking for some diagonal balls and in some you know some diagonal runs which you know that's kind of a fundamental of soccer is using diagonal balls and diagonal runs and and you know formational just be, you know if it's a, a 433 or 442 you know a 35 whatever that might be i think is just be based on the personnel that we're that we're going to have and i definitely think we're going to try to be um, more of a quicker athletic uh, quick transition team. So, you know, if, if it, if we decide to, you know, possess in that transition, um, I, I think that's, that's all for the best. And, and, you know, 
not many coaches are going to tell you exactly what the formation is because, you know, especially sight unseen after having a year where nobody got to play, um, you're going to have, you're going to have to adjust that to your personnel and, and kind of look for, for what you can do. And, and, you know, and I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big believer in the, in the technical aspects. And and if you have the technical aspects, you can, you, you know, you fill in the tactical as, as you can, after they have the the technical base. That's fantastic to hear. Um, And if I can also ask this question towards you, um, I don't know if there's any big rivalry with, you know, programs, collegiate programs for soccer or baseball Mm -hmm. or hockey or, you know, American football, but uh, would it be fun to see if North Dakota gets an NPSL side so you two can have a Dakota's Derby? I think that would be the best thing. Yeah, yeah, and and you know the Fargo the Fargo team and and you know they come down and I, and I definitely think that that would be great to have a have a Dakota you know our, our biggest rivalries uh, you know are on our college sports and we have our you know uh, South Dakota State plays North Dakota State in football and basketball and those type of things and I would just love to see the same same idea happen with our communities and and uh, with the NPSL sites. Yeah, I agree with you. I would love to see that happen. You know, we all, I mean, we always talk about the bigger ones in MLS, obviously, the ones that have lasted like the longest of time in USL and, you know, so on and so on. Even those are in the NPSL that have been around for so long. I would love to see that for your side and, uh, and uh, if it ever happens in North Dakota. So we'll see what happens there. But, um, you know, as always, uh, the big prize not just making the playoffs, of course, for the NPSL, but that big prize is to participate in the U.S. Open Cup. Have you uh, seen this club in the past perform in it? And at the same time, um, you know, how long, and if you did, like how far you went, and are you aiming for that as always? Yeah, and, you know, we're only, you know, this is only going to be the, the, I guess, third, three and a half, the fourth year of, of going with, with the COVID year out. So, no, they haven't. They haven't had a chance to do that. I know we had. Uh, I believe it was Duluth that that went out of the that went on and advanced. Um, and you know, we, so we kind of have an idea of what what some of those you know the competition level is going to be and what we need to try to reach. You know, in in my opinion, anyone who starts a club, anyone who starts a team, if it's any sport, um, you always have to reach for the top. And if you're not reaching for the top you're going to end up in the bottom. And if you reach for the top, you, you know, you, you, you start developing those steps that you need to take to, to keep improving uh, wherever you're at, it, you know, you just keep working up and it might take, you know, a handful of years for you to get there. But I think definitely um, reaching for the, the, the upper levels is what you have to do in, you know, you know, the, the saying, you know, you got to, to be the best, you got to beat the best. And I think if it's in your conference, you need to try to do that. If it's, you know, in the in the region after that, you have to just keep always trying to improve. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. You gotta launch yourself into the higher levels, and uh, you also so have to hit the uh, the big competitions that's in front of you that you're able to get into. So, we'll see what happens there. But uh, all I can say is is that I want to say thank you very much, Ryan, for uh, being on the show. Good luck in 2021 uh, with Sioux Falls Thunder coming back. Uh, hope to talk to you next season and, and uh, take care. Perfect. Appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity. No problem. Thank you for coming on. Have a good night. Thank you. All right.
Thank you. That's Ryan Bear, head coach of Sioux Falls Thunder in South Dakota, as we are uh, getting ready to move forward now to the guest. Better late than never, but that's okay. We love to have him on to talk about his club in Med City. Frank Spaeth, now officially on the NPSL Soccer Show. Frank, thank you for working with me. I appreciate it. Good evening, and how are you doing, sir? I'm doing really good. Thanks a lot for uh, for asking, and thanks for having me on tonight. Uh, thank you for uh, taking the invitation. So, Med City, uh, I know uh, Ryan uh, kind of spoiled my question a little bit for you, but uh, Med City is considered to be what? Is it a uh, name of a town that's kind of hyphenated, or is it uh, something from the Mediterranean that we don't know about? <laughs> no, we. Um, so we're based in Rochester, Minnesota. And Rochester, Minnesota is known mainly for uh, the Mayo Clinic. And so because of the medical history behind the town and the fact that so many people in, in Rochester are in the medical field, um, the name Med City FC just, uh, just seemed like a good one for where we were. That's, no, that's great. Why not? I mean, why not call it after the doctors and the nurses and everything that goes on over there? They've done a great job. Of course, you know, with this whole pandemic, trying to uh, take care of everything. But I'll, I will say this. Um, Rochester, I mean, I know Rochester, New York, obviously, in the western part of the state. But uh, yeah. how, far away is, how far away is Rochester, Minnesota from the Twin Cities? Um, Rochester is about an hour and 15, hour and 20 minutes uh, south of Minneapolis-St. Paul. So, um, yeah, oh, okay. so we've got some good, good rivalries just up the road. Um, you know, we're uh, about an hour from lacrosse. So another, another rivalry that way. Um, we're really excited to get Sioux Falls back, uh, playing in our, in our conference again. Um, we had some good games with them and, and so we're really excited to be able to, to be playing them again. Um, certainly, you know, we've got Duluth and, and Fargo as well. So, um, a lot of, a lot of good competition all within, you know, six hours or less. That's fantastic to hear. And the, the rides are not that bad. Um, what is it about this conference uh, that makes it so deep and makes it so competitive from your, from your eyes? You know, I, I, that's a good question. And I, I don't, I don't know if it's the fact that, um, you know, I think all of our teams do a really good job of, of finding good players. Um, you know, certainly with us, it's been a case of after our first year, we, we invite players back and we typically, we've typically in any given season had, you know, 12 to 15 players return, um, you know, and that's, that's some really good players, um, you know, just with, with our coaching staffs and being able to analyze videos and really look at players and see how they fit our needs in a specific season. I think that really uh, benefits us. Um, I think, you know, honestly, I, I think that there's, I think that there's a lot of good soccer being played at every level in this state. And it maybe goes under the radar because, you know, we don't have any like NCAA division one men's programs in Minnesota. We don't have any D two men's programs. So I think there's a lot of players that kind of, you know, are kind of under the radar uh, that stick around the state. And, and those are some of the players that, that a lot of our teams end up gravitating towards. No, that's fantastic to hear. I mean, we always talk about, um, I know many people who have covered, uh, 
Minnesota soccer uh, through the ages. I've talked about Brian Korstad of Inside Minnesota Soccer. Obviously, uh, yes, there's definitely. Jeff Ruder from yeah. The Athletic and so on. Yep, yep. Um, how much talent is there in the Rochester area uh, that you feel comfortable enough to showcase on this club? You know, we've typically, any given year, um, we've probably had anywhere from maybe four to six, like Rochester or Southeast Minnesota area players on the team. Um, you know, so we certainly feel that there's there's some talent here. Uh, you know, being a being a smaller city of, you know, 130,000, 140,000 people, we certainly don't have the the kind of depth that that someplace like, you know, the Minneapolis St. Paul area does, you know, obviously the fact that that they're going to have, you know, looks like three teams um participating in our conference this year that you know, they've got a lot more soccer up there, but you, you know, we've got we've got some some pretty good talent right down here of our own and uh you know, and and I think you know that that being able to tie them in with the players that we've been able to bring in from all over the world has been, uh, you know, I think really beneficial for everybody. You know, I, I, we really we really focus on a, a family atmosphere um, with our club down here. We have any given year we've had players from eleven or twelve different countries. Uh, you know, that's Europe, South America, Africa, kind of a, a little bit of everywhere. And, you know, it's really important for us to bring them all in and, and, and build that family environment. And we, you know, we, we've had some great people that have um, housed our players. We've had some great host families that have taken players in and, and created some really incredible and, and long lasting relationships, even after these players, you know, move on and go, go other places or, or, or maybe go, back to their home country or wherever they end up. Uh, we've, we've had an opportunity to really create some really special, um, special situations with that. And so, um, you know, I think, I think between the, the, the local talent that we've got and, and the, the good players that we're able to bring in because we offer, you know, what, what I think is, is a really good opportunity for them to play soccer during the summer. Um, you know, we've really been able to bring in some, some great players in the past. So let me, you know, take a different turn here because this may be a far out question, but I'll ask it anyway. How many of your players have ever decided to change their futures to become doctors? You know, I, I think, I think we've had one or two that maybe that maybe they didn't change their, their direction, but um, you know, I, I think we've been able to help a couple of guys with some of our connections with Mayo Clinic. Um, you know, we've had guys that have been able to get in and and shadow some doctors or you know get involved on you know being being there to watch research teams and some things like that. I know we have a a player um, that it looks like he's going to be coming in and playing with us next summer. He was supposed to play with us this summer, but. We all know uh, COVID kind of changed all that for everybody, but um, yeah. he's going to be coming back next year. And he's asking about the opportunity to shadow some doctors. He's in a pre-med program in college and, and very interested in that. And so, you know, we're certainly going to work to give him some opportunities to, to, to be able to get as involved as, as we can get him because, you know, we know that while everybody that, that plays at this level would love to go on, you know, and, and, and ultimately play professionally, you know, the reality is they're not all going to do that. And so if we can offer them some opportunities that maybe will give them a leg up on, on another career, should that soccer path not come to fruition, then, you know, we want to do everything we can to, to help them, you know, help them professionally, to help them personally, and, and certainly 
our goal is to help them be better players when they leave us in July than they were when they got here in May. No, absolutely. And uh, why not? I mean, it sounds like a fun thing, and uh, you never know. Maybe the next Dr. Schweitzer comes out of Med City FC. You never know about these things. But, uh, <laughs> there you go, right? <laughs> exactly. Any, exactly. Any, any claim to fame uh, like that's a good claim to fame, right? So we'll take whatever we can get. It really is. Yeah, but listen, I want to see him bend the ball, okay? That, let them try and bend the ball into the back of the net. I want to see him at least reach the World Cup if it's possible. <laughs> That's the most important thing for right? me. There we go, right? Exactly. There, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> oh, man. But um, I was going to say here, um, you know, I, I've been asking this question all the time uh, to every, whether it's a coach, a player, or an owner, a uh, general manager, you know, obviously, besides making the playoffs, hopefully a goal is to reach that U.S. Open Cup spot from the NPSL allotted sides. Um, you know, is that the big dream as well for these players? You know, they probably watched FA Cup from England. They've watched uh, the Italian, the Coppa Italia, you know, the, uh, the, the Copa del Grey Cup in Spain, obviously the German Cup. In Germany, I, I mean, is that also a goal for Med City to participate in an Open Cup tournament? Yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, obviously, our goal is to win games, and you know, I mean, we've been we've been pretty successful in our in our time of existence. Um, you know, every, every season we've been right up there toward the end, battling for you know, conference titles, battling for playoff spots fighting for a U.S. Open Cup berth. And so, you know, certainly um, that's, that's one of those, like, cherry on top kind of, kind of situations. And, you know, we, we had been invited to the tournament for 2020, and, and that got canceled. But, you know, it sounds like we're going to be able to um, participate in 2021. And, you know, certainly that is something that, that we're excited about because it's, it's a big deal, you know. I mean – especially for teams at our level, because not every team gets to participate, you know, and I think that that makes it a little more challenging than, than say your FA cup where any team that wants to get in can get in, you know, it's not as easy to, to qualify. And so therefore it's, you know, it's pretty special when it happens, Um, you you know, but that being said, I think there's certainly that, that brings some challenges, Um, you know, with the U S open cup, you know, with what they were going to do last year with, with putting the early rounds earlier in the year. I mean, certainly we're a team that relies a lot on college players. And so because of that, Mm -hmm. you know, it, it it was, we were putting a U S open cup roster together that we felt really good about, but at the end of the day, there were probably only, you know, six or eight of 18 players that we're then going to be going on and being with us for the whole summer. And so, you know, it, it, it's, it's an honor to be there. It's, but at the same time with that situation, it, it, it has kind of brought on some additional challenges and we don't know yet what it's going to look like for 2021. We don't know if moving, you know, the, the, some of the college seasons to spring is going to have any sort of an impact on what U.S. soccer, what the U.S. Open Cup decides to do with that ultimately. But, um, you know, we're, we're still looking forward to participating. You know, ideally it, it would get moved back to a May start where it could actually be our regular team that would get to experience the Open Cup as well as, you know, the regular NPSL season. But, you know, I mean, certainly 
we would love to, you know, to, to play and, and not just play, but, um, you know, we'd love to have a chance to surprise a few people and maybe, you know, maybe get through a round or two. And, you know, I mean, I think certainly for a team like ours, that, that ultimate situation would be getting to play one of the MLS teams, you know, and that was, I think one of the, one of the cool things about the way they had it set up last year. One of the, one of the things that was a positive was it, it was a little earlier in the tournament where that opportunity was going to arise. And so, you know, I think that, that it's like any of those cups, you know, there's the, the whole idea of the giant killers. And, and I think that, you know, I feel like the excitement from a neutrals perspective is seeing a team like med city FC go up against a Minnesota United. And, you know, those are the kind of things that, that the neutrals want to see. And so I, I, I would love to see them, really try more to make that a, a bigger thing. And, you know, and, and I think certainly even though the U S open cup's been around for a long time, you, you know, it certainly continues to evolve and, and change. And, you know, I, I would love to see, I'd love to see it become a, a bigger deal, you know, here, like the FA cup is in England or, you know, like the German cup is in Germany and, you know, giving some exposure to teams at our level, you know, that, that, that we can show, Hey, you know what? we can play pretty good soccer at this level too. And, and we'd love a chance to, to be able to show a national audience or, you know, like ESPN plus even, you know, to be able to get that, that kind of national exposure and show that, you know, we're doing some pretty cool things down here in this town of 130,000 people in Southeastern Minnesota. And, and we're having some, some real success and, you know, to kind of be able to show that off would be, would be awesome. It really would. And I would love to see you guys, uh, back in the uh, over in the Open Cup, I'd like to see. <coughs> pardon me. Uh, I'd love to see um, the lower level teams go out there and perform in this tournament because this is the only time you're going to get the national exposure uh, on the country. Um, obviously, it's only streaming, but you know what though? At least you get looked at, you get seen. And would love to see you guys. Uh, go on a big run and try and knock off an MLS team. It would be nice to watch and see when uh, David knocks off a Goliath. That'd be fantastic. Um, <laughs> I can't. But finally, if I can ask you this question, um, with this entire uh, situation with the uh, coronavirus, of course, how disappointed were you that you couldn't have a season? Oh, we were, you know, we were really disappointed. I mean, certainly like everybody was right. I mean, we've, we've had, you know, we started out really strong right from our first season of existence. Uh, you know, like I say, we've had winning records every year. Last year, we, we made the playoffs. We were looking forward to, you know, our first U S open cup. We were, you know, we, we had a lot of great things in place. So, you know, certainly it was a huge disappointment not to be able to play. You know, we've got, we, you know, we, we had most of our roster set, you know, we still had a few spots we were looking to fill, but, you know, it was, it was disappointing for us. It was sad to have to tell these guys that we're, you know, really looking forward to coming here, excited to, to play, excited to experience what we offer here, you know, to have to tell them, Hey, sorry guys, it's, it's just not going to happen. Um, you know, that was a real disappointment, but, but I, I give kudos to the NPSL because, you know, even though at the time I felt maybe like, was it too early to pull the plug? You know, I, I think in hindsight, they made the right decision. And, you know, as, 
as you know, somebody who runs and co-owns one of the teams, I, I think, you know, because they made that decision so early, um, you know, quite honestly, from the financial side of things, I think, you know, they were able to save us some, some money. You know, if they hadn't made that decision until late April, early May, there would have been a lot of additional, you know, expenses that we, that we incur as we're ramping up for a season that, that we would have just had to eat. And so, um, you know, while it was certainly a disappointment, I, 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 I mean, I think we all, can totally see that, that they made the right decision. And, and I think, you know, ultimately they made it at, at a really good time because I think, you know, I think it saved a lot of us um, money that now we can, you know, we can be putting into next year. And, and, you know, it, it gave us that opportunity to start focusing on 2021 much earlier than, you know, than some of the other, you know, some of the other leagues, some of the other sports in the country. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it was, it was disappointing. It was disappointing for everybody, but you know, we, we were able to shift and we were able to do some things that, that still kept us kind of in everybody's eye. Um, and so, you know, we, we, we tried to make the most of a, of a, of a bad situation and, you know, we feel pretty good that we're going to come out of it and, and, you know, be able to pick up where we left off. Frank, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. Good luck in 2021. Please remain strong and vigilant and stay safe. Okay. Thanks a lot. You too. And uh, hopefully we get a chance to talk to you again. Absolutely. Have a good year. Take care. Enjoy the holidays. Thanks. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Frank Spaeth, Med City FC. Um, And so this is it, the last show of uh, the 2020 NPSL soccer show season. As uh, we're winding down and saying goodbye, kick 2020 out of here. This has been a horrible year. But uh, obviously, um, a lot of good stuff, a lot of good talking. Uh, And once again, real quick, I want to thank all of those uh, that was a part of this. Uh, that was on the show. I want to thank Gary Moody for having me do this show. Can't wait for next year. And if you miss what I'm going to say, it's going to cut off live, but don't worry. It'll still be recording. Uh, they'll be on the replay on the archived show. But let me just say this real quick. Um, I want to say thank you again to Gary Moody uh, from the NPSL. I want to thank him for allowing me to be a part of this, uh, to become a media partner of the league. I had a lot of fun with it. I was, I'm enjoying this. It was great. And uh, I, I just want to say that uh, this was a lot of fun. And I can't wait to do it again. And I really hope that you guys had a lot of fun with it as much as I did. So thank you once again uh, to all my guests tonight. Let me say thank you once again to Jason O'Keefe of Appalachian FC. Uh, I want to thank Ted Croton from Joy Athletic over at St. Louis Park. I also want to thank Ryan Bear from St. Fall, excuse me, Sioux Falls Thunder, and Frank Spath from Med City FC in Rochester, Minnesota. Uh, my name is Daniel Feuerstein. Join me tomorrow night for Concacaf Champions League uh, semifinal post-game show. Then my final Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show this upcoming Monday night, and then if LAFC does the deed and moves into the final, then we'll have post-game of the Champions League final in CONCACAF on Tuesday night after the match and post-game. Once again, for thank you to Jason O'Keefe, Ted Croton, Frank Spaeth, Ryan Baer, and also thank you to everyone from NPSL to be a part of this show and part of my regular show. Have a good night. Take care so long. This is Daniel Feuerstein of the NPSL Soccer Show on the Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show. Thank you so much. Have a good night. As always, please enjoy your football.
Take care so long. Bye-bye for now.